pod. I feel like I'm getting stricter and stricter. We started off just being like, hey, Liv, want to be on a podcast? And now it's like, hey, Liv, want to be on a podcast? Also, you need two devices. Also, you need to do this. And don't move and don't have a drink and just stay still. Don't have fun. Are you having fun? Yes. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. No. <laughs> delightful right anyway we have olivia here with us hi olivia hello olivia hello friends <laughs> hello friend <laughs> hi this Liv. is how we speak to our friends <laughs> what what can you bring to us today uh, in terms of qualifications and talents that you can bring onto this podcast oh that's a really good question well i've decided to make two drinks for myself today um so that tells you a little bit about me um i've decided to mix rosé with a lime and mint cordial which isn't the best of sounds disgusting kind of palate balances i will say so i'm clearly not a mixologist um, that's good it, that's a good thing that's actively a qualification yeah in terms of my yeah in terms of my skill set i don't know i mean I got up today, I got dressed, went to work, did a full day, came home, made two drinks. Maybe tell us more about what you're not. That's quite a good angle. Um, tell us the person that you're not so that we can deduce what kind of person you are from that. I'm not somebody who has a pristine vehicle. My car has myriad scrapes on it, as it's Laura can a attest. nibble out of it as well. Yeah, it has got an interesting nibble because um, <laughs> where I park around here, it's quite, well, it's, it's on the road. And one of my uh, wing mirrors has a kind of interesting gouge, I think I would describe it as, from it, in that it's not compromised the wing mirror, in essence. You can still use the wing mirror perfectly well, but it's just got almost like, almost like a sort of animal that eats metal has come and just taken a little bite from wow. it, sort of right, precisely in the middle. So that's sort of interesting. And what sort of noise uh, would that chomp make? <laughs> oh, that was a crisp one. <laughs> that was a good crunchy crisp sound. I would say. Um, so yeah, that's that's who I am not. That's excellent. All right, I think that adequately it, qualifies you to be uh, an expert witness and an expert guide through our <laughs> our journey today. Podcast journey. Okay, what we're going to do is we're each going to present one of our own scenarios. They may be hypothetical, they may be realistic. It's up to you as the listener to try and figure out whether they're one or the other. And together we're going to work our way through them and see how what solutions we come up with. So, uh, we have one each. Who would like to go first? I feel like you're nominating yourself there, Josh. I've nominated myself to go first. Okay. Go, Josh, go! <clears throat> Imagine that you are outside one day, just walking along, enjoying yourself, and then you find some kind of cane, some kind of wooden stick... Okay, it's made of black. It's made of that black wood, that special black wood. What's it called? Charcoal? No, no that's burnt wood. <laughs> what is special black wood? What's the special black? Mahogany? Is mahogany, mahogany black? Mahogany is very dark, reddy kind of vibe. What's that song? Na, na, na. Ebony and Ivory. La- Ebony, lady. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, I was what? going Lady in Red. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. It's made of Lady in Red wood. <laughs> and it has like a... It has some very interesting like decorations on it, but and the handle's made of bone. That's pretty Ooh. spooky. Uh, but and you see it and you think, okay, I'm going to take this because I kind of want it. So you pick it up, you take it home, and it's in your house. And then over the following days, you start to notice that you're more clumsy. So you dropped a few things. You spill your like every time you take a sip out of your drink, you like 
<laughs> you, you spill a drink on yourself literally every time you try to drink water. What would it take for you to realize that this cane is cursed? And how would you go about proving that it's cursed? Bonus points. I'll come back to that. Go. Well, I think Liv has got the edge here because she works in a historical institution that is full of curses and other such things. Liv, can you give us a, a brief Minerva chit-chat, please? Well, I was just it puts me in mind a little bit of the discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb because mm. there was notoriously a sort of curse, um, which I think was pretty much a media invention, but basically everybody who was involved in that project, something ill befell, befell them. Um, after the discovery of said tomb. So I think somebody um, grew sick, somebody had a premature heart attack, somebody's business went into liquidation. So it Mm. kind of puts me in mind of that sort of thing. Like, I think famously, you know, a sarcophagus was put on a ship and the ship sank. Um, But I think it was the Titanic, so I think it was always predestined to sink. But maybe it was the the sarcophagus that that caused that, really. Um, But why wasn't Jack riding the sarcophagus? Maybe if he had been, everything would have been well oh. and he would have lived. Um, as we know, it's ridiculous that he drowned, really, complete carelessness. But in order to be a curse, it's got to affect probably more than one person because I think people have an innate sense of schadenfreude, don't they? So if somebody's really down on their luck and just bad thing after bad thing keeps happening to them, people are sympathetic to an extent, but they're also a bit like, ha, 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 you're such a fool. <laughs> Whereas if it's starting to affect others within your immediate remit then then you could suggest perhaps a sort of a curse nature i'm just wondering okay but with the tutankhamun curse mm. how did people start to link them all together right so someone's cat died someone got sick someone's business shut down someone's titanic sunk all these things added up but how did they go hold on a second it was definitely the curse of tutankhamun like, how did they link them together somebody, That's what I like, know. somebody had a red ball of wool which they tacked from corners of their room to other corners of their room with some sort of hastily sketched caricatures. And then, I mean, that's just it really, isn't it? As soon as you've got some red string, you could achieve anything. It's also like degrees of separation, isn't it? If, some, if, a, if a group of people who are seemingly diverse, but something links them, and in this case, it's a spate of ill luck, except they were all in this one place at this one time doing this one task, that, I guess, is what links them all together. Whereas if they're just good buddies, you know, going down the pub, raising their kids, living their lives, you know, it, I guess it's it's more difficult to kind of pin a sort of curse. That's why it's a curse. It's a mystical curse, yeah. Yeah. So what, what you're saying is, essentially, I if I find a cursed cane, and I, 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 don't, I didn't know it was, it just looks kind of spooky and weird to me, but I, t- I find it, there's no way for me as an individual to prove that it's cursed unless it starts to affect more than one person because it might just be me being clumsy. I think I think you're right because I think one individual cannot claim a curse because then you just look a bit like a madman or somebody who's got a chip on their shoulder or even a cursed cane on their shoulder. Um, you've got to have the, the sort of crowd approval or the crowd agreement, I think. Okay. So you're suggesting that I, I just palm it off on someone else and see what happens to them. Josh, question for you. Sorry, Liv. Um, question me. Question for you uh, about this cursed cane. Uh, when mm-hmm. you are drinking water in company, mm-hmm. does the cane cause you to... I feel like this is becoming a tongue twister. Does the cane cause you to, <laughs> to dribble your water everywhere or does it stop when you're in company? 
it's it's literally all the time, and people people are, oh yeah, because I suppose people would start to notice that I'm very clumsy and very messy with my drinking, and they'll say, Joshua, what's wrong with you? You've been spilling your water all over yourself like an idiot. Yes, they'd say that. And how close? In proximity is this cane, and the closer it gets, the clumsier you get, or does it just sort of flat out? I think it's flat out. As long as it's in my possession, it's kind of it's it's going to be there. It's going to be a problem. Mm. That's that's the way I'm I'm, I'm reasoning. If if I as long as I own it or it's, I've claimed it somehow, then it's going to be affecting me. So I need to somehow make someone else claim it, maybe by sticking some comedy jewels to it, making it look really fancy, so someone steals it from me. Does it make you look cool? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one I mean, thing I even say. You're essentially cool. turning it into the MC's cane from Cabaret at this point, you know, with the jewels and the feathers and the, the, mm-hmm. the razzmatazz sort of thing. Mm-hmm. To make people jealous and envious. All right. I think to round it up, uh, I would like to throw an opportunity for, for one quick bonus point to each of you. If I have this curse, any suggestions on how I get rid of it? How would you lift a curse? A uh, beaker. Drink from a beaker. Like hiccups. A what? Like if you have hiccups. No, like if you're a child. A children's beaker. You can't spill those. You get spill-proof ones. Just drink oh. everything out of a spill-proof beaker. So that's, a, that's more of a workaround than a solution, right? Because I want to get rid of the curse, not just deal with the curse. I think talk really loudly about how great the cane is in quite a dodgy area. And mm-hmm. then maybe someone will take it from you. Okay, good solution. Olivia? I was thinking you might have to do something more dramatic. You know, I'm thinking of really classic films, uh where you sort of have to sacrifice or be seen to sacrifice your life, but they don't, the, the forces of the universe, I suppose, they don't allow you to quite go over to the other side of death. That is, um, you kind of get a reprieve at the last minute and then you get brought back and then the curse is lifted. You basically need some big, dramatic, selfless act, don't you? Um, perhaps if you can save the life of a child or like sa- sacrifice yourself for the good of a cause um, in this current climate. It could be, you know, the climate emergency. You could lash yourself to a, a raft maybe and say you're going to sail to, I don't know, the Antarctic to raise awareness for the climate emergency. And then maybe the universe will be like, stop, we're joking. We take back the curse and break your staff. That seems like a lot more work. I like the beaker solution. It is. It is. The beaker is a lot cleaner, <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot simpler. Thanks. That's yeah. a good suggestion. Um, Liv, can you just do a small little um, tangent off about the curses? Because I really like them and I want to hear more about them. About the curses? Oh, you mean the curses where I work? Yes. So I work at the Roman Baths in Bath, um, which is a... Uh, historically, it was uh, a location where the Romans had come in England and they had built, um, on top of some hot springs, a bathing complex. But they'd also identified uh, with the water source a sort of a deity, um, which they recognised as being the same as their cult of Minerva, so the goddess Minerva. They also built a temple with worship to Minerva, um, and people, pilgrims, as you like, would travel from across the Roman Empire. We have evidence that people came from Germany, from uh, to even as far as Syria, to England, to Bath, to visit this complex, these, these set of baths and temple. Whilst people were there, they could actually write messages to Minerva. You could actually pay somebody to inscribe a message on a very thin piece of lead um, and you could write anything you wanted for the attention of a goddess. Probably things like, you know, things people like today, fame, wealth, love. However, what's amusing um, to our, well, certainly to me, is that quite often people would um, speak of the mundane, the very petty trivialities of life to this, you know, all-encompassing force. So um, people would come to the bath, perhaps they wouldn't have enough money to hire a, um, 
attendant to watch their belongings. So you might leave your kind of nice dress and your valuables. Um, and if you didn't have enough money to pay somebody to watch these, it might be the case that somebody would come along whilst you're bathing and swipe them and leave. So you might come out of the bath, find yourself bereft of your favourite cloak. Um, this is an actual example. Um, and you would be so incensed. And I don't know where you'd find the money because all of your valuables have been stolen. <laughs> But you'd somehow be able to uh, obtain a curse and you would be able to ask them to write to the goddess, somebody stole my favourite cloak, I don't know who it was, it probably was one of these people. So you'd have a list then of possible suspects. <laughs> and can you, can you just ensure untold misery, the ending of their line you know the end of their they're always world. so dramatic they're not just yeah. like make sure that they fall over the steps on the way out it's yeah. like i hope they die and burn in hell for all eternity so yeah but so it's amusing how um petty-minded i guess how, um, how petty and the, extreme yes yeah definitely i guess in those days they hadn't invented the punishment fits the crime yet indeed um, yeah, well, thanks, Liv. Um, I I really enjoy that story. Uh, obviously, not much of a historian, but I do enjoy a good curse. That's what that's what I'm in it for. All right, Laura. Okay, here's a scenario for you. You go to your friend's house. They've invited you around for dinner. Um, it's a lovely lovely setup they've put loads of effort into it cooked all day and you were expecting a dish of a certain caliber and taste and experience and what you're served is something that you just you don't even know what it is or what's in it it looks disgusting it smells repulsive and you are in a situation where to to walk away would be so rude um, but yet you cannot fathom eating this dish. What would you do? Okay, I have a, I have a question just to, to kind of dig deeper into this. You've gone to this friend. Have you had dinner with them before? And do you have a certain kind of prejudice or, or kind of like impression of how they cook from before? Or is this the first time you've consumed their food ever? This is the first time. Um, you have been friends with them for a while. You have a good friendship. You have a lot of laughs together. You know, it's a really nice dynamic um but yet they've never cooked for you perhaps it's post lockdown uh not mentioning lockdown but uh they've invited you around to their house they've put loads of effort into it uh so it's a new experience for everybody so they've put effort into it so much okay. effort okay hmm. i mean there's several classic answers to this isn't there where if you've been a fussy eater as a child you've perfected the art of hiding food under some other food <laughs> <laughs> thus, thus lessening the amount seen on the plate. Um, I don't know if, if part of the meal, say if there's a sort of, it wouldn't be served probably as part of this fancy meal, but say there's a baked potato or something, you know, covers man all manner of sins, maybe some lettuce leaves, you could sort of poke it underneath and just fold over. Alas, um, working against you, Olivia, is the fact that you, you are a bragger and you brag about how much you love food and how much you can put away and how you never leave a, a plate without wait with nothing anything on it so you lick your plate clean you lick your plate clean so unfortunately lettuce leaves are out sorry all right i think i would just have to create a diversion i would say something like oh look at that cursed cane in the corner <laughs> and whilst everyone's attention was diverted just sort of quickly hasten the contents into a handbag 
a helpfully positioned handbag, maybe. That's uh, why we wouldn't have handbags. I just realised that. So they can hide stuff like this in them. Yeah, That's it a, is. such a good thing. So we can hide <laughs> hide things we don't like. Yeah. Um, so let's say you don't have your handbag, but there is a family pet. Uh, any any kind of breed or just a pet? Um, you know. um, so a dog, a dog, which could be the perfect opportunity for you, but you also know that the dog has an underlying health condition. So you're so apprehensive. So it might die from eating this food. It may die, but it may not die. Are okay. you prepared to take that risk? I'm just going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to put loads of the food in my mouth and then go to the toilet and spit it in the toilet. <laughs> could I do that? Could I hamster it? Could you, could you do that several times and, <laughs> and get away with it? You know, if, if you can't fit it all in on the first yeah, go, could you somehow doing. pretend like you just really need the loo? <laughs> well, I've got some call, important, uh, I'm waiting for a really important call is coming yet. I've got to do an important call. Oh, question. Is there, are there more than one? How many people are there attending this dinner? Just you and them. Just me and them. And, 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 and the dog. dog. And a candle between you. I just think I would just, I would just eat as much of it as I could in my mouth and then spit it in the toilet and then I keep finding excuses like, I need to answer this call. I think I heard a siren outside. I think <laughs> that I left my ring in the toilet. I don't have a ring. I realised I didn't have a ring. I need to, but I want to go back into the toilet again. I just come up with reasons. Could I was going to suggest, could you conceive of a scenario? Maybe the dog has some kind of problem as a result of its underlying health condition. Maybe it shakes. <laughs> um, and you could you could create a situation where it appears that due to the incessant shaking of the dog, the table has been <laughs> shaken. And the candle, which is in the candelabra, has fallen on your food and the hot wax has dribbled all over your food, thus rendering it inevitable. <laughs> that, that was great, Liv. Yeah, I think that was a, a good option. Um, I... Um, I just wanted to say that when I was a little bit confused by what you said at first and I thought you meant, you know, when the dog was shaking, I thought you meant like it was doing the shake hands thing and it kept like, doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got impeccable manners in spite of its hill um, health. So as as Brits, as we as all three are, um, obviously we are very polite and we can't get past that. Um, and what what point do you think you'd have to get to where you would have to outright just just tell the truth? Like how far would the situation have to go for you to admit that the food was disgusting and you hated it and you didn't want to eat it? You know, and, and you'd already spat some of it on the floor and you've got some on your shoe and, <laughs> and the dog has some in its ear and the toilet's covered in food and everything's on fire. Like, at what point do you do that? It, may, it makes me so happy that we've talked for, I don't know how many minutes now, and not one of us has even considered the option of just telling the truth and being like, I don't <laughs> like this food. I'd rather not eat it, thank you. <laughs> it didn't I even know, cross my I mind. Know. My knee-jerk reaction to your question was never. <laughs> never. Yeah. We yeah. shall never tell the truth um, because as Brits, we are polite and... You don't want to hurt their feelings. That's that's the crucial thing, isn't it? But I... Okay, I've, I've cracked it. I've cracked it, I've cracked it, I've cracked it. Here's the solution. Okay. Okay, I start eating the food. I chomp down, Wait, chomp down. sorry, can it's you do disgusting. it? A sound, a sound of you eating the food? You don't want to hear it because it's very sloppy food, but it's something like this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if, I was, if I were to do an impression of it, that's how it would sound. Anyway... So I start jumping down on the food, start eating it up. Uh, it's disgusting, so it makes me feel ill. And then I say, oh, I think I'm having an allergic reaction. Is there coconut in this? And they say, no. And you say, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm allergic to something, but I can't remember what it is. And then you just pretend you're allergic to one. And they say, oh, maybe it's the blah, 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 because I put this in it. And I say, oh, it's definitely that. I'm allergic to this food. I need to stop eating it. Otherwise, I'll die from allergies. 
And that's the solution. I mean, that, that's, yeah, I think, I think they were both very solid answers. Obviously, um, you're kind of probably not going to be invited around for dinner again. Um, and you haven't even touched the dessert yet. You've still got a course to go. Um, but I think you've both successfully got out of eating the disgusting food. So well done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that dinner that you cooked for each other just hasn't really <laughs> worked, has it? <laughs> we'll just agree to meet at restaurants from now on. Ah, I see. Okay. Do you want to do a summary of the of the stories? Because you were quite good at that and I was not. Uh, okay, so you want to summarise each of them. So start story one, summarize, to summarise, you find a cursed cane... It's dangerous. You don't know why. You don't realise it is. Somehow, through a series of, of related events, you realise that it's cursed. And the only way to get rid of it is to pass it on to another family member. But you can't tell anyone else that it's cursed because they won't believe you until you start to notice a pattern. Item two. <laughs> Summary. You go to a dead friend's house. They serve you some absolute garbage for dinner. The only way you can get away from doing it is just by pretending you're allergic to it. Or pretending the dog shakes so much that he knocks your ca- the candle in your food and now it's inedible. Or more inedible than it was before. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Josh. Um, I uh, really enjoyed those. That was beautiful. Um, so that was it, really. That is the end of One of Many Pilots, uh, which will be One of Many Pilots. Um, there'll be more and there'll be better. <laughs> <laughs>